The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Is there is our booster on? Is the booster on? All right, we'd like to welcome you again. God bless you. And sorry about that, I had a little technical difficulty. Uh, but Jesus is the reason we celebrate. And I don't know about you, but he's not just the reason I celebrate in December. He was the reason I celebrated in January. He's the reason I celebrate in, in February. He's the reason I celebrate in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Jesus is the reason. Amen? Amen. And we talked about that joy just before we came on the air the first time. And now we're back on. We're glad you're joining us the second time. Um, but just before we came on the air, most people during this time see Jesus as a baby in the manger. Right. There was even a Hollywood spoof movie that that this guy, this uh, I don't really care for his acting that much. It just but that's me. It's my personal preference. He would pray to sweet baby Jesus because he didn't like the big Jesus. That's Hollywood poking fun at Jesus. That's all right. You see, as long as you think he's a little baby, he's harmless. But I got news for you. When he comes this time, he's not coming as a lamb. He's coming as the lion from the tribe of Judah. He's coming as the undefeated champion of the world. He's, the, he's coming as our redeemer. He's coming as our savior. He's coming as our Lord and King. Amen? And so when we're celebrating him this time, this year we celebrate the king. Right? You can have the baby. We celebrate the king. All right. We know the story of how he came. We know the story of why he came. Born of a virgin. Born in a, in a cave. Segregated from society because he was the Passover lamb. Oh, uh, I, I got to watch. I, 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 that's a rabbit trail. I got to, maybe we'll, we'll do that offline. But uh, segregated when they, had, when they had lambs. And the lamb had to be spotless, had to be perfect and without blemish. And when they found a lamb that was born like that, they would corral it and take it away from the rest of the group and they would put it in a special pen. Did you ever wonder why there was no room for, found for him in the inn? Following the prophecies, he was the Passover lamb and he would be segregated for such a time as... All right. Oh, we're glad you guys are here tonight. Glad this, uh, glad this is, uh, oh, I don't know about, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm, I'm finally getting some time off. Woo, man, that was a long stretch. You know, that was a long, between Thanksgiving and, and, and today, that was a long stretch now. That was, a, that was a long uphill climb. But we're glad that you're here tonight. We're talking about joy, and, and I, hope that, I hope that you can appreciate what, we're, what we've been going through and what we've been talking about during this season. We followed the, the Advent calendar, and, we, and we've talked about peace and joy and, 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 and hope. And, and we're going to get back into uh, this week. This week, uh, we, man, Pastor's going to rock it. Pastor Corey's going to be here, going to be talking about love. All right? You know, there was a song back in the 70s. Lady by the name of Dusty Springfield wrote it and said, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Except she wasn't talking about Jesus. You know, for back in the 70s, so we're talking 40 to 50 years removed, we found out what the love of the world can do for us. Not much. We found out what the love of the world can do. What we need when we're talking about love, is, and I don't mean to steal his, his message. I haven't talked to him, so if he talks about this, you know, it's a him. But, but <laughs> Jesus gives us that love that's undying, unfailing, never-ending. Mm, all right. So we're, but we're, t we're still talking about joy, right? You ever... You ever uh, Back in the back in the day, when, and and we may have to we may have to revive this one of these days because I I just as I was going through my notes and I was going through my study, there there was a song that we used to sing that it was joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's the that's the walk that we have as believers in Christ. We can have joy unspeakable, and it's full of great glory. Amen. Sometimes we let our joy run out, doesn't it? Sometimes 
And in Malachi, he says sometimes we put our, we put our money in, in bags with holes in it. Sometimes we put our joy in the same bag. Sometimes we tie our, mo- our money to our joy, don't we? Sometimes it, we, we tie joy to other things in our life, and when those things run away from us, then our joy flees too. If you want that joy that Jesus said we could have, and we talked about it on Sunday, and I'm, I'm just going to highlight a little bit, and then we're going to get down in here. We've got, a, we got an awesome, awesome follow-up message tonight. And, and we, we, were, we started over in, in, in Luke chapter 2, and in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it said, Then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Joy is available in the world today. Because Jesus lives, joy is available. You just got to choose, choose you this day who you're going to serve. You're going to serve the world, then you're going to have some problem with joy. But if you serve the Lord, then you're going to have great joy. That's, that, that's a, that's a, that's a, that, that's a, um, <laughs> That's kind of like an onomatopoeia. You know what an onomatopoeia is? It's a word that describes what it is or does. Great joy. So, so we've got great joy telling us what kind of joy? It's great. How many people do you see in the church today that don't have great joy? Yeah. How many people do you see in the church, you know, Going around like a well, yeah. I know, I know a lady. God bless her. She's watching tonight. I don't think she will be, but if she is, I just can't wait for the rapture, well, honey. If you don't get out and be about your father's business, you may not make it to the rapture. What are you? You, know, you got to be doing something. You know, people say, people say, well, I read that verse. It says, "Wait on the Lord." That means pull up a lawn chair and a fishing pole, right? No, it means wait on the Lord like a waiter or like a butler waits on, on, on his master. What do you have need of today, Lord? Well, I want you to go over here, and I want you to talk to someone over here today. Oh, Lord, I don't know about that. that you know, I went to that other place, and they said, wait on the Lord, and I'm just going to sit down, and I'm just going to wait. And a lot of people have been waiting. A lot of people have been waiting, but prob- the problem with waiting is that the church is moving. The church continues to move on. So if I'm waiting and the church is moving, get this picture. Back in Exodus, you see the, you see the, the, the children of Israel, and they were coming out of, of Pharaoh. They were coming out of Egypt. They were marching. 40-year 40 40 year march that, w- that really would have took 11 days if they'd, if they'd obeyed the Lord. That's a hot button. I can't touch that one. Some of y'all would have made it already if you'd have just followed the Lord. And oh, I just, mm-hmm. Some of y'all don't have 40 years to waste now. Some of them have been squandering for the last 40 years. But the camp was moving. Whenever, whenever the, the cloud by day would move and whenever the pillar of fire would move, the, 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 the troop, the, 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 the Israel had to move. You know, we got away from following that, didn't we? Because when the Spirit moves, the church needs to move. Amen. When the Spirit gets up and says, let's go, we need to go. But too many people got the, old, got the old, we're waiting on the Lord, and we've never done that before, never did it that way before. Well, God's doing a new thing. You may not be able to say that anymore. God's going to use new methods, new ways, because we're in a new era. We, we are in an era, we are in an era like Joseph found himself, and, and the children of Israel found themselves, because there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph's God. Guess what? We are here. People don't know God. People have a false God that they've created for themselves. Oh, God is love. I don't believe in a God that would send people to hell. God doesn't send people to hell. Let me clarify that for you. God doesn't send people to hell. Hell is not full of people that God condemned to hell. Hell is full of people that rejected Jesus Christ, God's son. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. God doesn't send people to hell. You choose to go to hell. 
The other thing about it is, is we got people that we got people that say, well, I'm just, you know, I, I just don't know. I just I'm just not going to I don't think I have to go to church to go to heaven. What are you talking about? If we're following the Lord. And the spirit's moving. Some people got left in the 70s. They're looking for God. Remember one time, one time God told, God told Moses, he said, strike the rock. And water came forth. What Dr. Wilmington say? It would take a, it would take a freight train uh, four miles long with, with uh, 10,000 gallon uh, tanker cars to give everybody an eight ounce glass of water. And they drank to their full out of Moses striking the rock. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Is he still Jehovah Jireh? The next time, next time, now see this, even Moses gets it messed up. The next time, he says, speak to the rock. And Moses got mad because, as pastors often know, there are some people that just, that just cannot get a hold of it. I mean, you talk about, you talk about frustration. Being, being the pastor of, of three million men, and each of those men had, three, three million, uh, had, a, had a wife, and each of those wives probably had four to seven kids, because, you know, you know, Hebrew families, right? And, and, and so he didn't just have three million people to tend with, and they all began to murmur and complain. And he got mad. Every time God would provide for them, they would enjoy the benefit, they would reap the benefit, and then they would turn right around and forget God provided for them. Sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? How many people do we know that God had blessed, God had taken care of, God had met the need, the storm had passed, and all of a sudden they forget all about him? Once the need passed, what need do I have of, of Jehovah? And Moses found himself in a place again. They began to murmur and complain and talked about, you know, tarring and feathering. That's my tra translation, not theirs. Tarring and feathering him for leading them around in the wilderness. Why did he have to lead them around in the wilderness? Had not they made the calf back in the desert when he was up talking with God? They were led around in the wilderness because of their sin. Their transgression. Remember when he came down, he said, nobody over, nobody over the age of 20 except for Caleb and Joshua can enter in. Now, I, that gives me hope because I remember the story of Caleb. 80-year-old mm -hmm. man saying, these 40 years I've traveled around, I've been obedient. I've been, I've been, I've been obedient to God. I, I, and he promised me, he said, give me my mountain at 80 years old. Some of us, we're ready to give it up at 50. Some of us, we done tuckered out. You know, I, I talked to, I talked to a guy the other night. He's younger than I am. And he said, oh man, I just can't wait. I'm just going to sit on the couch and veg. Okay. I hope at 80, I'm saying, give me my mountain. God has promised me, give me that mountain. And then the people, you know how people, naysayers, you know, they had naysayers back then. Naysayers, you know, that's the devil's always got people to say, you can't do it, you can't do it. You know, they looked at him and they said, Caleb, there's giants up there. <laughs> I think he got this, I think he got this funny grin on his face. I know. <laughs> I hope I'm still able to chase devils at 80. I hope I'm still able to conquer at 80. Lord, give us the ability. Give us the strength. But it comes with the desire. You've got to have, you can't be waiting on the Lord in your rocking chair. You've got to be out waiting on Him. Caleb did something for the Lord and the Lord repaid him. Oh, ay, 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 ay. oh you want great joy? We need to get off our duffs, spiritually speaking. We need to be about our Father's business. We need to be doing the work of the Father. Amen. All right. Then we went over into we went over into John chapter fifteen, and as and, and, and just for way of recap, now we're we're go, we're going we're going down here. So went over into John chapter fifteen, 
And, and this is Jesus talking. If you got, if you got the, your, the right Bible, a red letter edition, it should be in, the word should be in red. And this is Jesus saying, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that every now and again you can have a whiff of joy. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. And that every now and again I'll let you drive by the Burger King and smell what joy smells like. You know, I, nothing against Burger King. We don't, we don't eat there a lot, but nothing against Burger King. But I tell you what, they'll draw you off the highway. They must have something that they put in their, in their vents. Because the burgers that we've got there recently didn't taste like that smell. That was, that was false advertising. The smell of the charbroiled burger drew us in. But then that dripping little thing that we got in the box was lacking. Long on, de- long on promise and short on delivery, let me tell you. Jesus said that, 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 that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now, what happens, what did Paul tell Timothy? Sometimes you've got to stir up that gift that's within you. Or here's a gift that sometimes you need to stir up. We always think it's about some supernatural spiritual gift, which Jesus' joy is. We always think, you know, oh, well, it's about talking in tongues, laying hands on you. Know. No, 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 this is one you need to stir up. Because if you don't stir it up, it'll coagulate. It'll clabber. When I was a kid, it was forbidden at mom and dad's house to drink from the milk carton. I don't know how she knew. But mom had set back a gallon just for me. And she had set it out in the, in the cool room. Not, the, not that it was, but, but it began to clabber. And she swapped out that milk with the milk that was good because she knew when I got home from football practice first thing I did was boy you get that stuff in your mouth there's like an auto response in the back of your throat this is not in here but when it does that and and thank God for that because people people would eat anything I'm, I'm convinced people would eat anything I mean, they, they, they got people in Indonesia that go around picking up monkey scat to dig the coffee beans out of it to sell to Americans because we, we, we got more money than brains. Monkey poo coffee. <laughs> Not in here. But there's, there's a th- reflex that happens when there are slimy floaties in your milk. And I spent the next two hours cleaning up the fridge and the floor and, the, and, then, and then lighting candles because it stinks. Mom got in. I was sitting at the table doing my, doing my homework like a good boy. Had my glass of water like a good boy. Never before had J.C. had a glass of water and she knew the snare had worked. And never again did I take a chug of that, well, without smelling it first. All right. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to stir it up. You've got to stir up that gift that was in you. Jesus said he, 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 he put his joy in you so that, that your joy may be full. It's there. Now you just got to find it. You've got to stir up that gift. Paul told Timothy. He said, you know, Timothy was going into the ministry. Timothy was a young preacher boy. And the Apostle Paul was talking to him. He was showing him some things. Boy, I'm glad for the men of God in our lives that showed us some things. Amen. And, 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 and the Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, you've got to stir up that gift that's inside you. What gift? Well, how many gifts do you got? 
If we need to stir up a gift today, it's the, it, we need to stir up that gift of joy, amen? That gift. How many of you have seen people every day, and it's easy in these days, in 2020, how many of you have seen people every day that just need, you know, how, remember, the old, remember the old saying, if you see somebody with a frown, give them one of your smiles. How do you do that today? They get the low coat on you. He demasked. He unmasked. Oh. I mean, that's almost like flashing somebody anymore. Right? No, serious. They, they, I, told the, I told my optometrist, I made sure this story with you before. I told my optometrist, they have big signs up. You have to wear a mask when you come in here. Well, I need glasses, so I had to go in. We get back in the examination room, and he goes, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to take your mask off back here if you don't mind. I said, I can't. I cannot disrobe my face in front of you. He looked at me, and he did that exact reaction. John, I've seen your face naked plenty of times. All right, okay, well, uh, just so we're comfortable together, you know. It was like, <laughs> Do you need your joy to be full? Is your, where's your joy tank? Where's, your, where's the meter on your joy tank? Are you running out of joy? Well, you can, your joy can be full, you know. It can be. Stir it up. This season, stir up the joy. This season, stir up that joy that Jesus placed down in us. Amen? No matter what's going on around us, our joy can be full, our joy can be complete in Christ. Amen? We just got to remember where our joy comes from. We need to remember where our blessings come from. We need to remember where our hope comes from. It's too easy sometimes because... We, we, we live in a confined space called the world. And it's too easy to be affected by the world. We're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. You know, we're just passing through. I'm not going to be here always. Praise God, I, I've, got a, I've got a better place. There's a mansion over yonder. And my name's on the door, right? Remember the song? You can see... You can see my, man, my, my, my crown's up on the mantle and my footprints on the floor. We've got, we've got better places to be. But while we're here, we can't be sitting in the rocket chair. We've got to be up and waiting on the Lord as though we're serving and working unto Him. Amen? Stir that joy up. And then we went into 1 John um, chapter 1. In verse 4, and it said, These things we write to you that your joy may be full. So now we've got great tidings of great joy. Then Jesus said his joy. And now the, the, the disciples are proclaiming that your joy may be full. So there's something inside the believers that is providing Equal pressure. Like a submarine. Remember we talked about the submarine. Jet airplanes are pressurized. When you get in a jet airplane, it's pressurized so that they can go in high altitudes and high speeds. Submarines, they're pressurized so they can withstand the forces that are crushing in on them all the time. You know, I've seen, uh, I've seen pictures, and, and uh, Brother Bob sent us some pictures of, of Navy. They were doing depth tests, and they sent down some barrels, some, some huge tubes, and, and they sent them down to, to the great depths. And they brought them back up, and it looked, like, it looked like there was a gigantic redneck down on the bottom crushing them like he did a beer can. They had to find the crush depth. They were doing tests for the hulls of submarines. But they found out that if they put air inside of those tubes, sealed it up so it couldn't leak out, they could achieve much greater depth and very, very little crushing. The Holy Spirit inside of us gives us a pressure inside of us that is greater than equal to the outside. It would be like when the devil, if we get, our, we get this, if we get a hold of this, believers, if we get a hold of this, it would be like the devil trying to shoot us, like, 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 like shooting one of those pens or tanks with a BB gun. I don't know how many people I know that, oh, the devil's just been after me, the devil's just, oh, 
the devil's just been doing this, the devil's just been doing that. Why? Why? He can only do what you let him. And if you don't know, if you don't know the, 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 the benefits of the contract that you have with God Most High, well, how do I know that? Now I do this. I do this too often, Pastor. I do this too often. How do you know what God says that you can have? How do you know what you're entitled to as a believer in Jesus Christ? How do you know you got too much paper in your Bible? If you don't know, God bless you, brother, thank you. If you don't know what's in the contract, how have you been living? You know, there are certain things in here that we are to avoid. If you don't know, then how you been living? There are certain things in here that are a benefit to the blood-bought, spirit-filled believer. If you don't know, how you living? Maybe that's why your joys run out. There are a lot of people going to get real happy tomorrow and the next day. A lot of people going to get real happy. But there are also a lot of people come January, February going to get real sad. Amen. A lot of people borrow their future to satisfy today. Mm. A lot of people lose their joy because they're happy for a moment, but the first payment or installment that comes in at 24.9 APR, interest compounded, compounded semi-weekly, uh, you know, th then how are you going to pay that off? You can't catch that up. You ain't got near enough stimulus. All right, even Dave Ramsey can't help some of y'all. I'll just throw that out there. That's free. didn't cost you nothing. Don't send me hate mail. I'm telling you the truth. Don't, don't hate the messenger who tells you true. So we see that joy, joy was prophesied by angels, promised by Jesus, and proclaimed by his disciples and his followers. Now, where from that point on, now we're in 1 John, where from that point on in, in the contract, where's the cancellation notice for joy? Anybody, anybody can tell me? Where does it say, all right, joy's going to run out. You ain't going to have no more joy. Yeah. It's going to be like clabbered milk in the refrigerator. You know? It doesn't. That's why you got to stir up that gift that is inside you. You know, when, when you get done praying in the morning, you, you, should, you should feel overwhelmed by a sense of peace, a sense of hope, and a sense of joy. And I'm not going to touch Pastor's sense of love. Amen. I won't go there. But when you talk to your father, you should come away. You know, prayer's not, prayer's not a big mystery. Prayer is just simply talking to God. A lot of people have made it like, like talking to Santa Claus. Oh, dear God. I need a, you know, what was that? What was that? I need this, and I need that, and I need, you know, 99% of what we present to God as needs are just wants. Because your Bible says that our Father knows what you have need of before you ever asked it. What we got, what we got used to, at least in the modern church, is the Lord has been blessing us and given some of us the desires of our heart and so those desires we think now become needs and oh lord I, I just need this and i need that and i need this and i need that and, and and come to find out god's already provided every one of our needs most of us could could do with a lot less than what we have oh I, I, i'm not oh i'm got to be careful there that's a slippery slope pastor i'll be preaching after that we'll be teaching tonight i won't be preaching 
if you've got a roof over your head, a mattress under your back, blankets to cover you, and food in your cupboard, you are richer than 90% of the world. Wake up, American church. Wake up. Your joy is fleeting because it's tied to the wrong ship. Your joy has left you because you were waiting. And the church moved on. Your joy was tied to this world which is going down and the church is going up. It's, they're going in opposite directions. Stir up that gift that is within you, the Apostle Paul said. Well, I don't know how to do that, Pastor. I just don't know. I just, how am I supposed to do this? How are we supposed to make it? Can't, don't you see what's going on around us? Yes. I don't see a precondition. I don't see a precursor. When Jesus said, my joy I give you so that your joy may be full, unless there's a pandemic. I don't see a precursor to that, do you? My joy I give you so that your joy may be full unless there's a fight over a, a cheating election. Oh, we probably just get kicked off Facebook. I, I don't... There are no prerequisites to joy, are there? Except we've got to learn how to stir that gift up which is in us. Most of us, most of us have more blessings than, than, than anything, and, and we forget the little things. We forget the little blessings, like waking up and opening up your eyes and being able to see. We forget the little things, like being able to breathe. We forget the little things, like, oh, no, Lord, it, you know, my, my doctor asked me this. Does your heart ever skip a beat? Oh, about every time I preach, because I get happy. You for, you've, got a, you've got a thumping going on in your chest from within. I'm not talking about from without. Somebody jumping up and down on your chest, giving you compressions. That might be a blessing for, you know, that they're there. You woke up this morning, you got a pulse. Do you ever think about this? You wake up in the morning and you got halitosis. You ever, you ever do that? One thing that these masks have done, I need to keep a good supply of gum. I just thought my family was lying to me all those years. I just, I just thought they was being mean. The other day I got out of my truck, put my mask on, and my glasses fogged up. You know, your glasses fog up with them stupid masks. But they didn't unfog. It was like a slime. And I'm like, oof. That's a funny, y'all get that later. If you get that, if you get that on Facebook, give me a heart or two right there. That was a joke. Then I got these new glasses. They said, you can't use water or nothing on them. I need a degreaser. I'm just, anyway, I just leave that alone. I've got to walk away from that. <laughs> you, you can stir that gift up. Can I, can I encourage you? Can I encourage you? Please stir that gift up. Stir that gift of joy up in your life. You know what? We're, we're, y'all don't be amen and too loud. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. I'm going to have them spin this camera around so y'all can see what I'm looking at. These guys, they just, I'm, oh Lord. All right. Lord, help me out of this because I've done dig a deep one. But <laughs> Yeah, y'all way too joyful at that at this point. <laughs> All right, so so there's got to be something inside you in order to be able to stir it up, right? Would, would we would we consent to that? Would we all would we all agree to that? We've come to a consensus. You've got the joy in you. You just got to stir it up. And what and how you stir it up is you've got to be looking at the Lord more than you're looking at the world. You've got to be looking into the Word of God before, before, before I ever look at any of the, any of the crazy news articles today. And you, can't, you can't trust none of them. 
before I ever do that, I get a hold, I get a hold of home base. I touch base. All right? So, all right. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10. I hope, I hope everybody's getting something out of this tonight. Amen. Yeah. I'll, I'll look for that comment. I'll look for that comment on there. Somebody said, that's the craziest preacher we've ever seen in our life. That's all right. The Lord made me this way and he loves me. Amen. You just got to deal with it. Yeah. <clears throat> now I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read verses 5 through 7. 1 Samuel chapter 10. But I want you to see something here, okay? Now, let me set it up as you're turning there. Let me set it up. This is when Israel demanded of a king of God. And the Lord said, I want to be your king. I want to, and they said, no, 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 no. The other nations, they, the other peoples and tribes, they all have kings and we want kings too. Give us a king. And so, the Lord said, Here's Saul. And Saul's biggest qualification was that he was head and shoulders taller than everybody else. I mean, if that's the case, Wilt Chamberlain would have been their king. Right? All right. And he told him, he said he anointed him as king. He anointed Saul as, as the king over Israel, and he said, now I want you to go down to a place, and I'm going to meet you down there. He says, but he told him some things that were going to happen. All right? Now watch this. When God calls you to something, when God calls you to a work, when God calls you to anything, he's going to provide the necessary equipment and tools and provision that you need. Amen? All right, so here it is. He says, after that, you shall, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you, when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with stringed instrument, tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them. And they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will, will come upon you and you will prophesy with them. Get ready to highlight. And be turned into another man. Y'all missed a good place to say shout right there. That's a shout in Scripture. Because when the Spirit of the Lord comes on you, you're going to be you're going to be turned into another man. How can you have joy in this world today? You got to let the Holy Ghost turn you into another man, another woman. You got to let the Holy Ghost transform your life. Amen. Here comes this guy that was afraid of his own shadow, and he said, "the the the Spirit of the Lord is coming going to come upon you, and you will prophesy with them." I would to God that people would let go and let God. There's, there's more people that we know right now that need to be, need to be prophesying, need to be, be praying in the Spirit, need to be speaking with other tongues. There's more people right now that if they just let go and let God, they wouldn't be fighting the battles that they're fighting. Oh. And you'll be turned into another man. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch what the prophet says. And let it be. Now where have we heard that before? Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. The Holy Ghost will transform you. Let it be. Let the Holy Ghost have His way in you. And you'll be transformed and to another man. And let it be, when these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. <coughs> God is with you. When the Spirit of the Lord is moving, let it be. If you've got a shout, let it be. If you've got a praise, let it be. For God is with you. God will lead you. As the occasion presents itself. There's a lot of us in the church that we need to be turned into other men. Mm. 
Mm. How much of a difference would the church make in this inept society if the church would allow themselves to be overtaken by the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God and we be turned into other men, Pastor? The Spirit of God is not impotent, but powerful. The weapons of our warfare are mighty and powerful for the pulling down of strongholds. Not the quivering in fear. Oh, what are we going to do? The wringing of the hands. Oh, what are we going to do? You're called to do wonders and exploits in the name of God. Well, that's what Samuel said about him. That's what Samuel said. Let it be. When the Spirit of the Lord comes on you, let him be. Give him his way. Don't resist. Don't quench the Spirit. You you want joy in your life, allow the Spirit to have His full work. Be obedient unto God. Mm. Well, have you had enough? Or do you want some more? Seems like we're almost home alone, but turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. We heard what Samuel said. We heard what, he, what Samuel told Saul. Matthew chapter 3, go to read verse, uh, verses 11 and 12. Here's what John the Baptist says about him. He says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. How can you have joy in today's life, in today's world, in today's society? How about, how about allowing him to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire? Amen. And I get this. A lot of people, a lot of people talked about this. And they read over this like it's nothing. But if if you've got a fire going, who's going to start the fire? No. Read it again. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Who brings the fire? Did anybody ever go to the old fort when they had the blacksmith shop going? And they got them big old bellows. And every time they'd do that, them coals would just get hotter and hotter. And they'd get it and they'd put that iron in there. And they'd just get that. I mean, they'd get that. And every, they'd pump more air into, that, into those coals and that flame would heat up. Well, get this. Following into the next verse. And it says, and his winnowing fan is in his hand. Oh. Oh. We missed it. He, if we allow him, if we're waiting on him, Lord, what do you have need of today? What do you need me to do today? He brings the Holy Ghost and fire, and then he stirs up the flames that are within us. His winnowing fan is in his hand. Breathing life. Breathing life. Now, I understand the agricultural the agricultural description of the winnowing fan was to blow away the chaff. Well, sometimes in a, in a fire situation, you need to get the fire heated up, and then he'll also blow away the chaff out of your life. There have been some people, pastor, that couldn't stay here because they were found to be chaff. And, and, and the Lord just took his winnowing fan. As we got heated up, he just went, whoo, whoo, and the chaff blew off. And what was left was grain, sweet grain, and, and that provision that he's going to shake down and be pressed down, shaking and running over. Amen? Now, if that don't get you joy, get your joy all stirred up, you may have the wrong type of joy in you. Mm. But this joy that I have, <laughs> this joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. 
and I can look at the headlines in the paper and all of a sudden, I feel that breeze from heaven flowing over my spirit. And all of a sudden, I'll be thanking you, Jesus, because I know who's in charge. It doesn't matter who's in Washington. I know who's in heaven, and I know he's coming back for me. Amen? Sometimes we're a little short-sighted in our focus, aren't we? <clears throat> That's what Driven by Eternity taught us. Most Christians in America today have their sights set on seven years down the road. We need to have our sights a little further. We need to have our sights set on eternity. If we had our sights set on eternity, we would be working at laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. He'll thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his weed into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. That's what John the Baptist says about him. John the Baptizer. Well, I got time for one more. You ready for one more? Turn with me to Acts. Chapter 1. And most of us, most of us Pentecostal spirit-filled people should already know this by heart. But I think we just forgot it. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Now again, this is Jesus talking. Prior to the ascension. <laughs> Now, he done told him. he said, no, you guys just wait here, you tarry here for a little bit, and then the Holy Spirit's going to be given, and, and you go, y'all going y'all gonna, to y'all gonna get crazy, get crazy evangelized. You're going to be crazy evangelists. You're going to set this world on its ear, which was reported in King Agrippa's time. All right, so we talked about what Samuel said of him. And who are we talking about? We're talking about the Holy Ghost. Who Samuel said of him. Talked about what John the Baptist said about him. Now, who's talking here? Anybody? Jesus. Here's what Jesus said. It's always good to find out what Jesus said, isn't it? Isn't it good to find out? Because he can't lie. So, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about deniers and defiers? So, if you ain't living what Jesus is saying, you're in the denier category. You need to get over into the defier and defy what's going on around you. I, I'm... Mm, okay. And being assembled together with them. Now, I want to tell you something. That's a problem we got in 2020. This passage here in Acts tells us some assembly will be required. Some of Daddy's mom is going to be up late, way into the night. Some assemblies required. Jesus was assembled together with them. If you can't come to church and you claim to be in, in Christ Jesus, then you better throw away your WWJD bracelet. Because you ain't doing what Jesus did. Is that too hard? Well, did, did I just mess up your joy? That's fine. You can get over it. You can get joy. You can stir it up again if you want to. But nothing's going to befall you in the house of God that won't benefit you. That, that, that just, that's just a word of knowledge for somebody. You're afraid to come to his house down here. You ain't going to go to his home up there. Just don't make sense. I'm on my way to heaven. I won't darken the doors of a church. You missed it. You've created another gospel. You've missed it. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. There's that wait word again. 
How many of us got a promise from God and we're still waiting? You know, the longer we wait, if, we, if we're not careful, we'll lose our joy. The longer we wait and the longer that he tarries. Remember we talked about when we started this series on, on Sunday. Remember we talked about that for 400 years, they had, the Israel had not heard a word from God. After our Italian prophet Malachi told us. Thanks, Pastor Burkhart. I got about the same reaction he did. Malachi, between Malachi and Matthew, it's like 400 and some years without a word from God. Sometimes it's best just to do what God told you. Remember the story of the, of the ten lepers that came and they saw Jesus on the road? Remember the, remember the story? He said, he said they, they said, you know, they had, to, they had to tell him, unclean, unclean. And they said, what do you want me to do? He said, Lord, but we're lepers. Would you heal us? And he says, okay, go and show yourself to the priest. You're healed. It was a real big thing for Jesus to heal these bodies that he created, wasn't it? All right, you're healed. He said, now go and show yourself to the priest. Which is what they had to do as a rite of purification. And they all turned around and started walking away. But one got a revelation. One got a revelation. Why do I need to go to the low priest when the high priest is right here? Now, people will argue the fact that, well, he told them to go to the priest. They didn't recognize who the priest was. They didn't recognize where the priest was. One. One. Turned around and said, Lord, I'm whole. And he said, where are the other nine? Well, they went on to, to see the priest. One in ten got a revelation. One in ten knew who he was talking to. One in ten realized that the high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, was standing right there. What light do you see Jesus in? Sweet little baby in a manger. Little babies are, little babies are weak. Little babies are, you know, you can control a little baby most of the time. Unless you're that lady at Walmart the other day. Whew, wow. Oh, Lord help her. You can control a little baby. But he ain't no baby no more. And this leper realized that the high priest after the order of Melchizedek was here and he got a higher calling and he turned around and he presented himself to the high priest. Some people have been going to the same old, same old powerless place, going through the same old routine, going down to the... You know what? They were healed. They, they did, what, they did what, what the Lord told them. They were healed. But one man got a higher revelation. One man said, whoa, 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 whoa. Just kind of like, just kinda like the, you know, the Ethiopian, the, the eunuch, and he's running along in his chariot, and he's reading in the book of Isaiah, and he's like, what does this mean? And, and, and he got a revelation... He looked over and he see, he looked at he looked at he looked at, at Philip. He said, "What's what? What? Here's water. What prevents me from being baptized?" That's a revelation. Got a word of knowledge, word of wisdom. All of a sudden, because the Lord came upon him. God's not dead. We're treating him like he's forgot about us. But God ain't dead. <laughs> All right. I can do this. I can do this. Oh, 
but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore your, the, kingdom, the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You are being a witness for God if you claim his name. Are you a good witness? I heard it said one time that you may be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. Make sure you're a good translation. Make sure you're a good translation. There was an old lady... And I'm done. I'm just, I'm done with, I'm done. We're, I hope tonight that I've restored some of your joy. But there was an old lady one time and she said her husband wasn't, uh, wasn't saved and, and she would uh, come to church and she would get all indignant and the pastor would be preaching about drinking and, and all the evils and all the stuff going on in the world. And she'd come, she'd come home and her husband would be sitting there watching the ball game when she got home and she'd knock that beer out of his hand, take that cigarette and break it. And, and she said, yo, filthy sinner, if you go to church, you could be as happy as I am. Sorry, lady. He wasn't catching what you was pitching. Or maybe he was. Too many Christians going around with a long face, a sad countenance. What was the first thing that the Lord said to Cain when he came and found him? Why is your countenance down? Sin will cause your countenance to fall. You may think nobody knows, but the Holy Spirit does, and your countenance will display it. I've met so many people. I've talked to people that, that used to come here and were full of life and full of joy. Let somebody talk them into leaving. And they did. Somebody talked them into leaving. I'm going to talk about that in the new year a little bit. The Apostle Peter said to be careful. In the last days, scoffers will come. In the last days, scoffers will come. They tried to pit Peter against Paul. They tried to pit Peter and Paul against Apollos. They tried, to, they tried to pit everybody. Well, I like this one. I like that one. I like this one. You know what? You better not like any of them. You better like the Lord Jesus Christ. And you better find yourself in a house that preaches the Word of God, teaches the Word of God, and lives the Word of God. There's a difference. A lot of, a lot of pastors, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but a lot of pastors say, you know, do as I say, not as I do. You follow, some, you follow some of them men and you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll, you'll end up in the ditch. If the blind lead the blind, they'll all fall in the ditch, the Bible says. Tonight, as we leave out of here, I hope that your joy has been stored up and stirring up. And if it has, keep stirring it. Keep shaking you know, some of us may need like be like one of those old paint shakers that they got down there at Lowe's, you know. You get on there and that thing just goes, you know, shakes the tar out of that thing. I was having some uh, paint made for a hunting blind that Brother Luke made me. And the lady took that little hammer and she went, tick, 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 tick. and I thought, uh-uh. I said, you sure? I said, oh, yeah, I do this all the time. I said, all right. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. And sure enough, about three rotations and a gallon of paint launched into the atmosphere. <laughs> I said, I ain't paying for that. That was my fault. I thought I had it on there good enough, you know. Me, I take it back into the hardware section, get a welder, weld that sucker in there, you know. <laughs> Put a tack weld on each side of it. And I look. Stir up that gift that is within you. We've given you ample ample proof that you can have joy you can keep joy no matter what's going on around you if your joy is found and based in jesus christ 
God bless you. Come back Sunday. We're going to be talking about love. You're going to love it. We'll see you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.